Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Join Hoda Kotb for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Zivi Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. And speaking of books, I have two of my own books coming out this spring and summer. Princess Charming is a picture book, which debuts on April 19th. And Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, comes out on July 1st, and it is truly a labor of love. I hope you'll pre-order, order, and join me on tour as I go across the country. You can find out more at zibbyowens.com or bookendsmemoir.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at zibbyowens because I always post about everything. Enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. I need your help. If you love this podcast, you will love my children's book. It's called Princess Charming, and I am really trying to drum up pre-order sales. You might not know this, but before a book comes out is actually a really important time for the whole book's trajectory. So... Please pre-order Princess Charming, which comes out April 19th today. Just stop what you're doing and go do that, please. When it arrives on April 19th, you can give it to a loved one in your life, a niece, a grandchild, a child, a student, a kid walking by on the street, anybody. But if you could do this, here is my offer. If you email me your receipt showing me that you bought the book online somewhere and pre-ordered it, Email info at zibbyowens.com. That's info at zibbyowens.com. And I will pick 10 people to do a special giveaway project award to from my new Bonfire merch store, which you should also check out, which is um, the Zibby Owens Media Bonfire store where you can get all sorts of cool t-shirts and uh, tote bags and author sayings and all sorts of great stuff. So what did I say? 10 of you are going to get a special care package of your choice from the Bonfire store. And I will pick at random from all of you who pre-order the book. So if that wasn't clear, 
Go pre-order Princess Charming. Again, it's called Princess Charming. It's my debut picture book. It's really cute and great, and it's illustrated by Holly Haddam. And then after you get the receipt, screenshot it or forward it to me at info at zibbyowens.com, and you will be entered to win one of 10 exciting care packages. So go off and order. Thank you so much. Bye. Jennifer Hopped is the author of Come As You Are. She's also the author of the novels In the Shadow of 10,000 Hills and Come As You Are, which I just said. She's also the editor of Alone Together, Love, Grief, and Comfort in the Time of COVID-19, an anthology which has raised over $40,000 for the Book Industry Charitable Foundation and was awarded the 2021 Washington State Book Award for General Nonfiction. Jennifer's essays and articles have been widely published, and her popular Psychology Today blog is a collection of essays and interviews for authors and readers. And by the way, she excerpted one of the essays from my anthology in her Psychology Today blog, which is super nice. Welcome to Jennifer. I'll just say welcome. Thank you. I have to say it's it's really a thrill to meet you, Zibby. I so admire you and appreciate what you do for authors and readers. And so thank you. Oh, that's so nice of you to say. I feel the same way. I mean, you're, I was reading your Alone Together anthology and, and reading about all the money you raised for a bank and how amazing that was and all the stuff for psychology today. And it's amazing. And now your book, Come As You Are, you got a lot going on. It's great. Thanks. <laughs> so why don't we start with the novel? Because, you know, why not? Can you tell everybody a little bit about Come As You Are and how you came up with these characters? Why? this time of year, like not year, this time of life for these, why go back to sort of adolescence and, and how we, how you arrived at this, at this book? Sure. Well, the story centers on Sky and Zane, two lonely teens drawn together by their dreams and their love of music. He wants to become a singer songwriter and she wants to become an artist like many teenagers. And they're inseparable for five years, coming of age against the backdrop of the Seattle grunge music scene in the early nineties. And then a horrible accident that's sort of wrapped in a mystery bonds them together in a way they never wanted and forces them into a pact to protect each other. They end up moving to LA in search of their dreams, but the haunting secret they share tears them apart and tears apart the family they're desperate to build. So then fast forward six years where the story actually begins and Skye's raising Montana, their daughter, alone in Albuquerque. And Zane shows up in her life after six years of, of nothing. And they're forced to face the truth about their past and their love for the sake of their daughter. So the story is really about reconciling the past to build a better future for our children and the grief we give up as parents and the new ones that take their place. In a nutshell. In a nutshell. (laughs) What dreams do you feel like you had to give up as a parent? That's a really good question. And I actually feel like, you know, I wanted to be a writer, a novelist from the time I, I, I can remember in like third grade, my teacher my Miss Coin giving me back this like three-page story I wrote written on lined paper and pencil with a big A plus at the top. And I still remember how thrilled I was. And that dream kind of got buried because, you know, you just think, well, you know, who really becomes a writer, right? Like who <laughs> actually does that? So it wasn't until I was 45 that I wrote my first novel, which kind of tells you how old I am now. But... <laughs> But it was like, yeah, I spent a lot of time, you know, raising my kids and doing writing, but writing more just 
kind of for money writing, like for publicity and brand building. And, and then I went to Rwanda as a reporter and found an amazing story and spent 10 years learning how to be a novelist. So there you wow. go. <laughs> I feel like even, well, how do you learn how to be a novelist in 10 years? Even in, even like a hundred years, some people can't be novelists. Well, so fortunately and unfortunately, I thought I was really good when I first started. And because I had friends who were also writing for women's magazines like I was, and they were selling novels. And I was like, okay, if they can do it, I can do it. Mm -hmm. I spent a year writing my novel and sent it off to agents and found out it actually sucked. (laughs) And I spent another probably seven years doing things like going to Sewanee and others, writers Mm -hmm. sort of retreats and taking a lot of classes at Hugo House here in Seattle, where I now teach. And it took me about seven years to really learn the craft of it. And honestly, I'm still learning all the time, which is like the good and the the bad thing about being a novelist, right? Like you never really perfect it. True. You can't, I mean, anything with writing, right? I feel like... Anything I read that I've ever written, I'm like, oh my gosh, I would do it again like this. You know. anyway, yeah, exactly. I'm coming to Seattle this summer. I'm very excited. I just decided. Yes, oh, I just cool. yeah, we're gonna come. I'm gonna go with my husband. I haven't been since I don't know high school or college, something like that. So yeah, I'm excited. I want to do all the literary things. So send <laughs> you an email with like suggestions and stuff because okay. I mean Seattle this summer is so great. Awesome. I can't wait. Okay. So you go to all these classes and learn to write and your first novel comes out and all of that stuff. And all of a sudden you're not just a mom, quote unquote, but you're now a published author. Like what did that feel like? Well, actually it was a huge disappointment. I have to say. (laughs) I did not expect you to say that. (laughs) Well, I had such high expectations and for me, it was all about getting that first book published, you know, like that was going to change my life. And it didn't. And, you know, the views didn't, the book sales didn't. And, you know, the author events, some of them, like two people showed up. And some of my best author events were really when like two people showed up and we just talked about writing. And that's when I figured out really that I wanted to teach and that the success is really in the process. And if that's something that I am really trying to hold on to now with my second novel coming out, because it's, you know, I'm working on my third novel and I feel like every day it's really important, even if it's only for like an hour to really pay attention to what's important and to the process. And I think for moms who have young kids who want to be a novelist or want to, you know, paint or want to, you know, be a master gardener. It's really important to just know that, you know, this time with your kids is really important, but it's also important to have some space for yourself to keep those dreams alive. Because someday they're going to like be older and not want to have anything to do with you. And then you're going to have tons of time, right? Nothing but writing time. (laughs) Yes. I would say also to those people to take, because I sort of am one of those people, but to take lots of notes because... I feel like even when my kids were little, I was like, oh, I'll totally remember this for when I want to write about this stage. And now I'm like, I don't remember anything. (laughs) Exactly. Well, and like, I know you have a children's book coming out and I remember writing stories about a zebra and like, I can't even remember the other animal, but their names were Bobo and Zozo with my then 
five-year-old son and him like rolling on the floor with laughter because Bobo was putting, you know, like the dog in the refrigerator or something. (laughs) Where did I put those stories? Because I still want to read them again. Totally. Yeah. One other thing I just wanted to say was, you know, now that my kids, my kids are 29 and 32, I can really see where they pay attention to what you do and they pay attention to what you've done even when they were younger. Mm. And, you know, I feel like me showing them that it's important for me to really follow my passion has, has transferred into them doing the same thing, which is really cool to see. That is really cool. That's amazing. Yeah. I hope I communicate that to my kids, if nothing else, you know, that I love what I do so much that I hope they find the right thing. Although then sometimes I worry, you know, it's like parents who are madly in love and then you go on and you can't get married, you know, like people like that. That wasn't my experience, but I hear about people like that. Maybe it works the other way too, but Never mind. You don't. don't No, there there are things you can't control, obviously. Yes, but I do think they pay attention, and they, you know, the things you do to take care of yourself Mm -hmm. help them to take care of themselves when they're older. That's a really good point. Do your kids like to write? Yeah, my well, my younger son does for sure. My older son is a reader, not really a writer, but my younger son writes in journals all the time, and I know he writes poetry that he will not show me, (laughs) which is good. You know, everyone should have their own stuff that they don't need to show anyone else, I think. Hey, grownups. The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishbowl podcast studio from the cat in the hat himself, and it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast, and those plans are the opposite of quiet. The cat may be disruptive, but it turns out he's also a great help to get fish out of all kinds of predicaments. Bursting with music, silliness, and rhymes, the cat in the hat cast encourages us all to find fun that is funny in every episode. So sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic Tongue Twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or Wondery Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. So you teach at Hugo House and you have your column. Tell me about the psychology today, how you got involved with that. That was really, so I started writing a column for psychology today for the blog. It was supposed to be about finding your faith because I was going to write a, a book about finding your my faith at age 40. Well, maybe it was even, th- yeah, I think it was 40. And that really didn't pan out in terms of, it didn't feel authentic. It didn't feel like I really had that much to say to people, but I was getting to know a bunch of writers who like had a bunch of things to say. And I remember, I think one of the first people I interviewed for my blog was Danny Shapiro, who has so much to say about faith and, Mm -hmm. and so forth. And so then I just started seeking out other authors who I kind of just wanted to get to know. And as a reporter, I had a really good excuse to interview people and to find out, you know, how do you define faith and how does that 
transfer to your creativity and all sorts of things. And it just kind of grew from there. Wow. Very cool. And then back to the anthology. So you wrote in, in the book itself about how, about where you, how you got inspired to write that, the, not just write it yourself, but collect all these things from other authors, which I was, I did the same thing as you know, because we talked about this before, but your motivation in part was to help out the booksellers and that you were very concerned about them. And I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I mean, I did, but my first thing was the authors. And then I had donated my proceeds to helping with COVID research. Not that my donation made a difference, but whatever. Tell me about your, that project for you. Well, I had some, I had friends who were doing things with fundraising with their writing skills in terms of like, like Jessica Keener and Jenna Bloom and some other people I knew were offering like writing coaching. And then the money they donated to, honestly, I can't remember what charity, but it was, Mm -hmm. I think it was something around immigrants. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure. And so I, that stuck in my mind and I thought, and then also at the time, Jenna and Caroline Levitt were launching A Mighty Blaze. Mm -hmm. I thought that is such a cool thing to get readers and writers all, you know, in a community together. And I had received a letter around Christmas time from Garth Stein asking other writers to contribute to Bink, which is an organization, as you know, that Mm -hmm. gives grants to booksellers in need. And I thought, well, this is something I could do. I know a lot of writers. I have a big, you know, network. And so I put a call out on Facebook and I said, is anyone else, this is when COVID first broke out and we had some wonderful things going on with the government. And I was like, does any, is anyone else feeling sort of powerless and, you know, wanting to do something to make some sort of difference for booksellers that have supported us all these years? And I got such a great response. And so I collected essays and poems from authors. And then I also did some interviews and put together this book really in the shape of a novel, of a story of, uh, you know, kind of the beginning of COVID and then things people are going through and then what next and how can we come together as a country? So it became not just stories of COVID, but stories of how do we, you know, get get back to being like one America again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really really good experience. It was great going back and reading the essays and being in that sort of frame of mind again. And especially some of the interviews that you have like transcribed and everything that was very, just so great to see what were people thinking then? Like, what's it like now? How, how far we've come and and all of that. So. yeah. 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 And it really, I really wanted to get just voices from all different walks of life just to show, and not just bestselling authors, but there were some people who were students of mine who had never published before. And so it was really nice for me to be able to bring sort of a group of people together that wouldn't necessarily have had their work in the same place. Interesting. And by the way, I shouldn't have said before a minute ago, I said I hadn't even thought about the booksellers. That's not true. And actually I did support Bink myself, but I just meant when I was doing my anthology, that wasn't part of it. But I just wanted to throw that out there that I wasn't just like not thinking about booksellers because... Oh, fact, I think everyone knows that you're thinking about booksellers a lot. Sophie. Okay, okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure it sounded so bad when it came out of my mouth just now. So. <laughs> wow. So what, like, what is your daily life like now? How much time are you writing? How much time are you... Like, what is your process like when you're writing? All of that. Well, right now I deepen revisions, which I okay. love. So for me, it takes about 10 years to write a book. And the first couple of years, I have to be, well, really 
really involved. Like I usually spend like three hours in the morning, three hours in the afternoon, Mm -hmm. and then an hour at night to set up what I'm going to do the next day. But at the point I'm at now with revisions, it's really fun because I can just spend like an hour or two and really look at, you know, what works and what doesn't. And when I get to a point where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is actually good. You know, that's like a fun point. So I'm also gardening and cooking and, and, you know, dreaming about what I'm going to do next and (laughs) uh, looking forward to the summer when I can get together with friends more outside and going for long walks and all that good stuff. And are you reading anything good? I am reading some good things. The book I love that I just finished is called What a Fun Age. Oh yeah. I love that book. Such a fun age. Such a fun age. Yes. Such a fun age. Such a fun age. Yeah. Yeah. And then my computer, my laptop is now on the top of Lori Frankel's book, This Is How It Always Is, Mm -hmm. which I am just a little bit into and already really love. And then I just got in the mail, Amy Bloom's new book. It's a memoir. Have you RJ Julia sent, like they're doing an event or something with her. Maybe Roxanne Cody is having her on her podcast, but I hadn't known about that book until I read it. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to get this book. Nobody's pitched it to me yet. What's going on, people? <laughs> no, anyway, I have to look it up, but it looks so good. Oh my gosh. What's it called? Yeah. Love and like in love or something or in loss or something or... Something love, two words. Yeah, but... love me, love, in love, in love. Uh, anyway, <laughs> this is so embarrassing. She's, yeah, she's an amazing writer. And I've only read the first two pages so far because I just got it last night and I'm interviewing her next week. And it's about her when her husband had Alzheimer's. Yeah. I mean, not Alzheimer's. No, I think it was. Yeah. Alzheimer's. Yeah, Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's. And I don't want to say anything else because it's just like, yep. just the first couple pages and you'll be like, oh my God. So yeah, that's I have amazing. to get that. I have to get, did it come out yet or not? Not yet. It comes out on March 8th. Okay, soon enough. And yeah. yeah. It on my list. Amazing. Okay, what advice do you have for aspiring authors? My advice is write every day, even, even if it's only 15 minutes. And get yourself a little notebook that you love. And I call it my process notebook. And it's, it's like the diary of your novel. It's not your diary, even as a, it's just the diary of your novel. And so it's exercises you, you can do for creating your character, like interview your characters, think, you know, just write about setting and so forth. Because, and fill up that notebook before you do anything else. Because it's so daunting to like open up your computer and have like this blank page Mm. and, you know, so do the work, do the foundation work before you get down to doing the manuscript. I like that. Then it's never really blank. You always have something you can throw up there. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Love it. Jennifer, thank you. This was so fun. Thanks for everything, for talking about Come As You Are and all of your great stuff. If listeners want to find you, where is the best place? Where should they find you? Best place to find me online is my website. And that's just jenniferhaup.com. And I'm on Facebook, but I'm not on other social media. So yeah, so that's probably- And your your Psychology Today blog. And my Psychology Today blog, which is called One True Thing. And thank you so much, Zibi. It was such a pleasure talking to you. Thanks, you too. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. 
Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 